So a couple of disclaimers before we launch into this. Number one, uh, it's on the topic of uh, dealing with transgender things, uh, specifically medical treatments for people who believe they are in the wrong body or, you know, they've been misgendered or what have you. Uh, the usual uh, disclaimer, this has nothing to do with adults. This is only about children. And the second thing is a lot of the information here is taken from the uh, Twitter uh, account of one Matt Walsh, who many of you know, some of you don't. Uh, he is a conservative activist and writer. Um, I don't agree with everything Matt says, uh, but uh, often I do. So if uh, somewhere in the uh, past or future he said something abhorrent, I'm not talking about that. It's just like Trump. I agree like crazy with Trump sometimes. Sometimes I think he's completely wrong. So anyway, he writes, my team and I have been investigating the transgender clinic at Vanderbilt here in Nashville. That's where he lives, obviously. Vanderbilt drugs, chemically castrates, and performs double mastectomies on minors. But it gets worse. Here's what we found. And he gets into, and we will get into that uh, in a minute. But first, I wanted to read you something very brief. The New York Times did a story the other day. More trans teens are choosing top surgery. And it's all very cheery about adolescent girls who come to believe the reason for their unhappiness is that they ought to be boys and they get double mastectomies. That's what they mean by top surgery? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's a heck of a decision to make. And then I came across, and it's all very cheery, as I said, um, and they barely touch on the fact that there's very, very little research to indicate that this is a good idea. I know. They mentioned some, you know, a poll of four people who said they're happier now. I know, or have known, half dozen women that went through a period where they thought they were gay, then decided they're really not. Mm-hmm. I realize that's not as big a decision as I'm, you know, uh, uh, wrongly gendered. But, you know, you can you can think a lot of things when you're younger. Turn out not to be the case. And, and you know, if we didn't have as much material from the Walsh stuff as we do, I would I would go deeply into this piece written by Eddie Scarry that goes uh, goes through a bunch of cases in major publications, including many liberal publications of uh, there's Claire, there's Max, uh, there's, uh, let's see, uh, no name in this one, there's Claudia. All of these people, person after person after person, who says, I was unhappy, I was confused, I thought that was the answer. I had something permanent done to my body, and I realized that wasn't the answer at all. And now I can't undo it. I was unhappy for other reasons. I didn't fit in. I was gay. I was scarred from sexual abuse, et cetera, et cetera. But I never, ever should have done anything permanent. And the cases are just heartbreaking. Anyway, back to Matt Walsh's blog. Uh, Vanderbilt in Nashville. Uh, so he says, Vanderbilt opened its trans clinic in 2018. During a lecture the same year, Dr. Shane Taylor explained how she convinced Nashville to get into the gender transition game. Notice she emphasized that it's a big money maker, especially because the surgeries require a lot of follow-ups. Go ahead with clip 60, Michael. Some of our BUMC financial folks in, 20, in August of 20, sorry, October of 2016, sorry, a couple of years ago, put down some cost of how much money we think each patient would bring in, and this is only including top surgery, this isn't including any bottom surgery, and um, it's a lot of money. These surgeries make a lot of money. 
Um, so female to male chest reconstruction can bring in $40,000. Um, a patient just on routine hormone treatment who I'm only seeing a few times a year can bring in several thousand dollars because that requires a lot of visits and labs. It actually makes money for the hospital. Now these I got from the internet, um, but it's from uh, the Philadelphia Center for Transgender Surgery, which has um, does a lot of um, surgery for patients. And I just want to give you an idea of how much these bottom surgeries are making. And this is, I think this has to be an underestimate. Uh, this is for a vaginoplasty. They're saying they're quoting roughly around $20,000 for a vaginoplasty, but that doesn't include your hospital stay. That doesn't include your post-op visits. That doesn't include um, your okay, anesthesia. Okay, we got the idea, Michael. You can fade that out. The doctor explaining how much money we can make if we get into this business. I'll refer back to the Eddie Scary piece. Every single one of the poor victims of this that were interviewed in the multiple publications, again, including The Atlantic, for instance, which had a hell of a piece a couple of years ago, every single one of them cited a psychiatrist or a doctor or an activist that whenever anybody expressed any doubt, they said, shut up. You can't bully this person. Shut up. Even if it was the patient themselves, they would say, oh, no, you're making the right decision. You're absolutely making the right decision. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's obscene. Moving along. Vanderbilt was apparently concerned that not all of its staff would be on board. Dr. Ellen Clayton warned that conscientious objections are problematic. That's the great phrase used by critical theory. Mm -hmm. Critical race theory, critical queer theory, all that stuff. That's problematic. Then they pick it apart. And anyone who decides not to be involved in transition surgeries due to religious beliefs will face consequences. Clip 61, Michael. If you are going to assert conscientious objection, you have to realize that that is problematic. You are doing something to another person, and you are not paying for the the cost for your belief. I think that is a real, I mean, I think that's a real issue. So, um, So I think, you know, so you're, so yes, Vanderbilt, if someone has a conscientious objection to pers- uh, for participating in this sort of surgery, it, it probably has to accommodate you to the extent that you can find another person who can do your job, who doesn't have an objection, other things of that nature. But I just want you to take home that saying that you're not going to do something because of your conscientious, because of your religious beliefs is not without consequences. And, and it should not be without consequences. And I just want to put that out there. We are given enormous, if you don't want to do this kind of work, don't work at Vanderbilt. Well, that was clear enough. If you dare say, hey, I think this is wrong. These are confused adolescents. You will face consequences. And as uh, Walsh writes, in case the objectors hadn't got the memo, Vanderbilt unveiled a program called Trans Buddies. The buddies are trans activists from the community who attend appointments with trans patients, monitoring the doctors to guard against unsafe behavior such as misgendering. And as I pointed out earlier, for goodness sakes, never for a second raising the possibility that this is a confused, unhappy adolescent who's looking for an answer and this is the wrong one. Don't even bring that up. 62. My name is Sean Riley, and I'm the program coordinator for TransBuddy at the Program for LGBTQ Health at Vanderbilt University. TransBuddy provides trained peer advocates for transgender patients who are coming for doctor's appointments or other healthcare related services. Whether you're looking for something that's related to medical transition, such as hormone therapy, or something completely unrelated, like breaking an arm or going to an ENT, we are here to help support any transgender patients that come through our doors. The TransBuddy program was organically created through the efforts of transgender people and continues to consistently be led by trans people in Middle Tennessee. Okay, you can fade that out, Michael. The program is a one-of-a-kind... That's the charming Trans Buddies program with the uh, chimey music. So, uh, the Vanderbilt there in Nashville, uh, makes their trans buddies available to children too, and they make lots of services available to children, quote unquote services, including chemical castration, also known as hormone therapy. 
uh, often using the same drug, by the way, that they use to chemically castrate sex offenders. Do you remember that when that was a big topic of discussion? I think it was in the 90s. Um, at some point in the last month, Vanderbilt removed any explicit admission of the fact that they will treat children from their website. But somebody archived a screenshot from uh, back in the day that made it absolutely clear that they do. In fact, there's a video in which they proudly proclaim it 63. We can provide gender affirming hormones on an individual who is on a pubertal blocker, depending on whatever kind of blocker they've chosen or we have discussed with them, or they can present to us at a later stage of puberty and then we provide the gender affirming hormones. Previously, the Endocrine Society recommended to start these at age 16, but we all know that would be delayed puberty, right? Not 16 year olds don't start puberty. So more recently, they did update that to say as early as 14 for compelling reasons. So we have some individuals who have started gender affirming hormones at 13 or 14 to be more like their peers. Again, fertility preservation and consent are very important to discuss prior to any initiation of these. Ah, consent from a 13-year-old. List for me, please, the things the 13-year-old is legally able to consent to. Yeah, we're done because the the list is nothing. Practically nothing. Uh, one more for you. Uh, does Vanderbilt happily perform double mastectomies on adolescent girls, children? Why don't we find out in clip uh, 64? So when we when we talk about the WPATH guidelines, so in order for our patients to really um, successfully undergo these surgeries, we do, uh, again, follow these guidelines. So a lot of times it's for insurance purposes, um, but we, again, Insurance is kind of follow suit with the WPATH guidelines for the most part. So for any kind of top surgery, uh, we do require one letter of persistent, well-documented gender dysphoria by a licensed mental health provider. Um, we ensure that the patient is capable of making uh, fully informed decisions on the, their own. They're the age of majority. However, for a lot of our younger patients, um, again, if they are 16, 17, here at Vanderbilt, um, if they have been on testosterone, have a parental consent, um, we're able to do a lot of the top surgeries for those patients. Okay. And again, uh, it's children consenting to this sort of thing. And they mentioned one documented episode signed by a healthcare professional. Back to the Yeti Scary piece in which they point out time and time and time again, psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, activists uh, who sign these things have convinced the people that this is their issue. So let's review Matt Walsh writes, and I agree Vanderbilt got into the gender transition game in large part because it is very financially profitable. Then they threatened any staff members who objected and enlisted a gang of activists to act as surveillance in order to force compliance. They now castrate, sterilize, and mutilate minors as well as adults while apparently staking, taking steps to hide this activity from the public view this is what healthcare has become in modern america armstrong and getty if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.